You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with Johnny from Hope for the Day at Vans Warp Tour. Let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. This is Jackie, and I'm here with my friend Johnny of Hope for the Day. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Hope for the Day and how it got started? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, on, the, on the forefront, we are a proactive suicide prevention and mental health education charity that was started by myself uh, in 2011 after I lost my boss, Mike Scanlon, to suicide. He and I worked together in the Christian music industry, and... I don't know. It was just one of those things that really shook me. And then it also made me realize that uh, he was number nine on a list that is now, unfortunately, 16 people um, that have lost to suicide. So I figured um, I would take my passion for, you know, creating safe spaces for people to enjoy music um, because I've been a concert promoter since I was 13 and um, I was doing artist management. And I just figured I would just, you know, not go gray early working in the music industry. And I'd do something different with my life and invite everyone to the party with me. Tell me a little bit about uh, Hope for the Day's mission statement. So, you know, we're, uh, the whole thing is about being proactive, right? So we're a pro- proactive suicide prevention and mental health education. And it's like uh, so important to realize that for so long, education and suicide prevention, like mental health education uh, and mental health research and stuff were housed in two different organizations. And I'm a big uh, believer that we cannot truly learn if we don't educate ourselves and educate the people we're trying to serve and help, um, as well as just in the general public. So we have two arms of of work um, outreach, which is what we're doing out here on, on the you know the Warp Tour. But we also have an education component. Um, every day we do a class before doors with uh, Patty Walters from As It Is called Warp Wellness, and it's a good time. Uh, I always say it's a quick chat about mental health and suicide prevention because. We're all human beings, which means that just because we love music, we can understand that, you know, we all have more things in common. Like we have brains, we all eat, sleep, shit and cry, and we all get have good days and bad days. And um, we just need to get to a place where we're not a reactive society. And that's where we are right now. And that's why we always say we're proactive. People are, what does that mean? I'm like, well, what happens when a celebrity takes their life? You know, most people post a hotline number and say, please reach, please reach out when I just know that that shit just doesn't work. Um, so we need to be proactive about it and get in front of it because, 
you know, just with the mental health crisis, you know, we're losing 121 people every single day to suicide. And that's not even including like the 115 or so we lose to, you know, the opioid crisis every day, which is yet another mental health crisis. But we live in a society that likes to compartmentalize things, right? Um, so it's just about, it's really important for us to kind of be the white elephant in the room and say the things that we don't say um, as often as we can, just to remind people that, you know, it's okay not to be okay and that, if they need to get help, it's going to require them to ask for the help that they need because we're talking about our brains and we can't see what a brain looks like. I know what a brain looks like when it's in distress. You know, it's like it's bruised and this bruise keeps building up as more trauma, you know, occurs. But like we don't see that because even on even bald dudes and bald women and bald people, um, you still can't see the brain. So we got we to talk about it. Talk a little bit more about that expression. Um, it's on your T-shirts. It, it's okay not to be okay. And where did that come about? And why is that sort of uh, kind of the phrase that drives or sometimes drives discussion? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was having a rough day in the office in Chicago. And I was just thinking about all these people that I lost. And I had just recently lost another friend. And I was just like, man, I just wish all these motherfuckers knew it was, it's okay not to be okay. And I kind of clicked and I was like, oh man, we should start saying that, you know, because we've always been telling people to have hope, but like, we need to understand that we need to meet people where they're at and not where we expect them to be. And we can say that we live in a stigma free environment when we really don't. So for us, the best way to prevent, you know, convey our message is let people know that it's okay not to be okay. Um, and people joke, well, it's okay to be okay. It's like, yeah, no shit. Right. But like, it's also like, we're, not, we're, we're, we're talking about those who feel that they're not okay. Like they, they can, you know, address these things. And um, we've seen that so many people have felt that that's so much more inviting than if you're depressed, call this number, you know, like that shit still doesn't, it won't work. So for us, it's just like our mission, like I said, to be the white elf in the room. It's like, to put that slow, you know, that message and our slogan on, on anything and everything. Um, and if people say we can't, I'll figure it out, you know, how to do it, but that's just what we're supposed to do, you know, like what we're supposed to do. <laughs> I think, I think that's a really good place in between, you know, sort of the, the desperation point and hope you've got to get to those things. And I think by acknowledging that you're somewhere in between and that you're working on, and I think that that's a really good thing. Um, how does Hope for the Day fit into Van's Warp Tour? Uh, so we uh, first started out as we used Van's Warp Tour to come out here and shoot videos with bands um, before we had any money or anything like our actual structure of like being able to do things. We had to do things the old-fashioned way, and that was just figure it out. So I started producing this video series with Alternative Press called Music Save My Life, and we shot 43 of them on Warp Tour. And... Um, a good friend of mine, Jason Rudolph, was like, yo, you need to meet Kevin Lyman. He wants to meet you. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And Kevin told me that he felt that like our videos were good, but he knew that we'd be making a bigger impact if we were able to be out here. So he wanted me on the road. Um, so we first joined the Warp Tour on uh, in 2014, full, full time. And uh, we're the only charity that speaks from stage every day. Um, but we're also... I don't know. I feel like we're one of the charities that loves to bring all the other charities to the table and say, like, we should work together, you know? So we really like to honor the community of nonprofits out here and be a part of it. Um, you know, a lot of people think that, like, us and Trey Love and Arms are, like, street, you know, two different street gangs. And, I mean, this is not West Side Story. No. Um, we, we, you know, we obviously... 
uh, we took some influence from them, but we also looked at like the, the mental health world uh, and, and as a whole. And there's, there's there's more than enough room for 20 more fucking organizations to come party with us um, because there's so much work to be done. And they, they, they do their work their way. We do our work a different way. And that's cool. Like, I wouldn't want to do the same thing as them. But, like, people are like, do you guys, like, hate each other? I'm like, that's just, you're, you're. You're, you're petty. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so you know, uh, we out here, uh, we don't do any like signings with bands or anything. We try to create partnerships and, and cross collaborate. So like this summer we're working with state champs and we're going with journey shoes. Um, and we're giving out 121 wristbands every single day to represent the 121 people that take their lives every day. Um, at our booth and kids have to come to the tent. They have to sign our mental health pledge, which allows them to, um, get in touch with us so we can get further, you know, connect them to be, you know, part of what we're doing out here. Um, but it's just a really fun and easy way to, you know, to educate people because we have a little sign that says, you know, what we're doing here. And then, um, you know, I speak every day before state champs and I talk about, you know, the 121 people. And it's just really important that you do things and you educate people. A lot of charities out here would just be like, um, you know, oh, uh, donate $5 to go meet your band. It's like, that's great. But like, if that's like how you're going to be raising money out here, it's kind of what you're not supposed to be doing. You know, you're supposed to, um, you know, get creative with it, you know, have some fun with it. Just don't do the same fucking thing that everyone else was doing. Cause we don't do that. We, we get asked by a lot of bands, Hey, can we do signings? And I just, no, no, that's not what we do. But, uh, we do walk people signings lines and re distribute resource cards and like, we, we should be able to support others without having any money, you know, being transferred. So sorry, that's just my whole MO, <laughs> like action before dollar, you know, not to talk shit, just more to like kind of let people know that they can, they can do cool things and it's not always about money. As a high school English teacher myself, I feel like, you know, being creative in, in the ways that you, you know, get your information across is always going to go further than, bombarding with facts and, and just sending out phone numbers. It, it, it's certainly something that helps, but if you're going to really make a, a bigger impact, I think that that's definitely the way to go. Tell me about your coffee shop in Chicago. Oh, I miss my coffee shop. Our coffee shop. It's our coffee shop. My brother and I get caught saying it's m m ours or mine coffee shop because it's uh, him and I are the ones that built the whole thing. But Sip of Hope uh, opened on May 3rd of 2018. Um, and it's the world's first coffee shop where 100% of the money supports suicide prevention and mental health education. And to be exact, proactive suicide prevention and mental health education. Um, it's in the Logan Square neighborhood in Chicago. And it's just, um, I don't know, It's we have the best coffee in the entire world, Dark Matter Coffee. We, uh, we started roasting coffee with them three years, three and a half years ago. Um, with, you know, we created Sip of Hope, our own blend, and they helped us get it into Chicago Whole Foods. And now we're trying to push it to a nationwide thing with Whole Foods. Um, but, uh, they kind of gave us the blueprint and they said, go out and raise money and figure it out and build your coffee shop. And, um, it's been amazing ever since our soon to be state governor came and pulled a shift on Friday afternoon with our staff and was serving coffee to the folks. So it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, I wish we had the coffee out here because this coffee sucks. Um, <laughs> it really does. Uh, but I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's, uh, but it's, it's really fun because I don't know, like the community aspect of a coffee shop is just such a very beautiful and unique experience. And 
I think that we are allowing people to know that they don't have to go to Starbucks. They don't have to go other places. They can go and get an amazing cup of coffee, but they can also contribute to charity every single day. And I think that we live in such a society that we feel like, oh, well, I'm only going to give a couple bucks. Like it's not going to do anything. It's like, that does a lot, actually. You know, despite the, what other charities tell you, you know, like all that shit. Like my favorite donation is always the 87 cents because it had to go through the processing fees. I'm like, that person donated a dollar. That's so sick. Like, thank you. And that's how we raised the money for the coffee shop, too, is we asked people to donate um, coffee cups, like in- increments of coffee cups. So I was like five, like uh, each cup is five bucks, you know, and then um, people just threw money at it. And it was it was really cool because, um, you know, it wasn't cheap at all. Uh, we raised over $150,000 of the project and the staff is amazing. I mean, uh, we have like the best Google in Yelp reviews like anyone could ever ask for. Um, everyone, it really acknowledges some of our core values there, obviously about the mission, but also like how we like created our staff and our lingo, um, because we're very conscious of people and gender and, you know, all that good stuff, you know, everyone's a friend and that's probably the most repeated thing in all of our reviews is that they are like staff is genuine product is so on point and everyone's your friend. And that's just kind of cool. You know, like we're reappropriating a coffee shop and we do that with beer. We do that with, you know, Mission Star Chefs. We do it with, you know, brands like Nike. Like we do all this stuff. And it's just because like at the end of the day, everyone can relate to the statement that, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And those who don't are the ones that we have to, you know, get on on board with it. But the only way we're going to do that is by getting everyone involved. And that's what we like to do. I think that's the perfect note to end it on. Thank you so much from Johnny from Hope for the Day. This is Jackie. Thanks to Chorus FM and In the Key of Change. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, We've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.